0: Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and today we talk about our love of the space simulation games that we grew up with and how they continue to influence our gaming choices to this day. Hey, Walker, what's got you pick up your flight stick?
1: Hey, what's up, man? Um, yeah, you know, it's a... A genre that that I I hold real um, a, a deep connection to. It's it's uh, I, so I started PC gaming a lot uh, later than you did. Well, I don't know about how much later, but I think you had a computer earlier in your life than I did. A
0: couple years when you're young is like decades when you're old.
1: Like, right. <laughs> especially
0: right. in that age of really rapid progress in like computational anything, be it Game right. Boy, to Nintendo, to whatever, or PCs. So.
1: Right. Um, I was like in like sixth grade when we got a computer first. So again, not like I wasn't like in high school or something, but I also wasn't five. Right. Um, but anyway, it was, so it was, I started going to a new school and a teacher of mine had really, really strongly encouraged my mom to get us a computer because the internet was the future. Right. And boy, was he right. But, um, (laughs) and, um, so she did. Well, he had two sons that were a little older than me. And so they had some PC games. And so he had a copy of Wing Commander 3, nice. which to him was just like a game that his kids had that was kind of a fun game, whatever. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know that he cared that much about it. Um, And yeah, I mean, I was just completely blown away. So, I mean, Wing Commander 3, that's the first one of the Wing Commander series I played. But that game holds a very nostalgic place in my heart. You know what I mean? Um, I think I might've talked about some of this on the Evorian episode that we did, but it, it's, it's crazy now to look back and see how ahead of its time it was. It, you know, you look at something like, like mass effect, which obviously was preceded by, you know, KOTOR and and Jade empire and, and some other bioware games, but, um, Mass Effect is there's all this cinematic quality to it, and there's all these dialogue trees and stuff. And I'm sure those are much more complex than what I got in Wing Commander right. Three, but still, like it was kind of that like you between missions, you're walking around the ship and talking to different crewmates, mm-hmm. and there are different dialogue choices you can make now. I don't know how much they really change the outcome of the story right. at all. Um, but the truth is, is they don't really in Mass Effect either. We just right. didn't know that until the third one. <laughs> so we just were led to believe that it would. Oh,
0: yeah. It feels like it is. Got to love those, right. those false gray choices.
1: Yeah. But yeah, for anyone that didn't play, you know, Wing Commander series games, it's basically outside of the, the again, the walking around the capital ship you're you're stationed on and talking to different individuals. Largely, the game is you're just launching out into missions and you're either, Third-person view, like behind the ship, or you could go in the cockpit, and then you're doing, you know, fighter pilot missions. It's, it's space-based, so there's there's no gravity or planets. Right. It's essentially
0: tragic. a flight sim without gravity or ground.
1: It well, so it fl- it controls like it would on Earth. Yeah. Like there's not there's not endless momentum, right? Right. Like, no, you that's can't,
0: true. Yeah, you can't like you spin can't around. The engine there was a game. I don't. I have, for the life of me, tried to remember the name of it. All I remember is it was like the, just the view of the spaceship was kind of like a C-shaped ship with like a stick through the guy. Like, kind of Romulan, but way not. And okay. it had actual physics where you fly in one direction and flip around and shoot like behind you while you're... Is this flying. a three-dimensional game? It was a 3D game. It was a, okay. a flight si- or space sim of sorts, but it was a really like... I don't want to say low production, but just like, I guess, indie game. God, it, it's a, a no-name producer. Like, it's hard that's to why say I was curious. Game, but... Because I
1: remember in the early 2000s, there was a game that people were playing, a couple of people I knew, that was real physics like that or whatever, where, where momentum continues on because um, there's no gravity, and... But it was not a 3D game. It was a 2D game. But it was it was a space thing like that. And it was the first time when when the person who was playing it showed it to me, they were like, yeah, it's cool because you can be traveling in this direction and then just spin around and shoot behind you. But you're still going that way. Right. And that's how it would really work in space. And I was like, huh, I never actually considered that that's how it would really work in space. Well, like, had, I never had, had that
0: thought. It- all I, like i remember the map was there was like a map view or some kind of extra view that was like a 3d isometric but your ship was just kind of in the center of the screen sort of and mm-hmm. but it, it was like a map view but it was more like a, a like a yellow wireframe view and it would show like your enemy and in that view you could execute keyboard commands to do like a full flight maneuver Like and then it would give you a little animated sequence of like you doing a loop where you spin around backwards and it changes all of your orientation and your thrust vectors and all that and then you can go back in and keep fighting. But there were like and there were a bunch of these different maneuvers that you could execute like sideways Mm. loops or three sixties to try to throw them off or do whatever. But most of it was kind of from the cockpit a la Wing Commander style, but right huge yeah. huge th- tangent already my bad but <laughs>
1: no no that's not a tangent i don't all. remember
0: I mean... the name of it, though i've been tr- i've been thinking about it forever and it's one of those like really to me a quote unquote rare game cuz i just never heard of anybody else talk about it or reference it or anything
1: mhm yeah i i yeah i don't know for sure I, it's not the, the fact that it's 3d means it's not something i've seen um but yeah, that's that that that's definitely interesting, and it's honestly even still kind of rare to th- in the modern day to see games actually have <clears throat> that real physics, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's harder to to understand. Like, it's a lot easier when the spaceship drives like a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- well, I mean, <laughs> most
0: people don't think about they think about space in the way that you think about like star Wars in space. Like none Mm -hmm. of those ships are flying in one direction, spinning around and shooting while flying in the other direction. Like it's just not something most people think about like, yeah, in, in star Wars, when a ship blows up, there's noise, fire, and it falls.
1: (laughs) Right. And I know I've shared this, this point with you separately, and maybe I have even on another episode, but um, the other thing that's really crazy about, Wing Commander 3 specifically for me is that, and and the ones after it also star him, but the main character that you are playing as is portrayed by Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. So since I've not seen a Star Wars movie at that point in time, Ah. to me, Mark Hamill is just the colonel. Now I can't remember his (laughs) last name, um, but I also remember that that was the first time I ever saw the word colonel spelled out and i was deeply confused <laughs> because there's not an r <laughs> right right but you make that noise you know um <laughs> <Colonel>. <laughs> yeah exactly I was like, what's the colonel that's weird and then that's colonel um but anyway the other thing i was gonna say is not just mark hamill i mean you know obviously now i have seen the star wars movies and get that that's <laughs> a precursor but at that age like that's who he that's who he represented to me um and I didn't actually understand that he was also in the Star Wars movies. Right. I just thought he was a video game actor. I don't know what I, you know. <laughs> right. But, but it's actually interesting. There is a ton of characters from those games that obviously they don't just act in full mis- motion video video games from the 90s. And I'll continue to see them later in things. And I'm like, where do I know that guy from? <laughs> like, there's a show called The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In that, there's a character named... I think his name is... I want to say his name is Mao. But he's basically like... um, A very wealthy business person that... Without spoiling too much of The Expanse at all... Has some involvement with the proto-molecule... And the humans trying to research that. So, anyway... If you've seen The Expanse, you'll know who I'm talking about. If you don't, you have no idea... The point, though, is that I was I was like, I know that actor from somewhere. Who is that? And then I looked up his credits, and he's in a lot of things, but he was also Vagabond in Wing Commander 3, and maybe, I don't know, Vagabond was in, like, 4 and 5, because I played those also. But, yeah, like, I just know that guy <laughs> from, from that. Or there was a TV show, I think it was called Sliders.
0: Oh, yeah, wow, that's a throwback.
1: Yeah, and... Um, <coughs> It's not Jerry O'Connell or the, the the youthful cast members, but there's like an older heavyweight guy that's got kind of like a Scottish or British accent or whatever. I think his name is John Rice Davies.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, he's just in all of the Wing Commander games as well. He's like the mechanic or whatever for the capital ship that you're on. Um,
0: uh, Tim Curry straight up has a voice role in Wing Commander 3.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: As Melaknar Kiranka voice, huh? Like I'm guessing a Kilrothy voice.
1: Yeah, must be. But
0: like what? Right.
1: There's the
0: meme. Like, what do you know? What movie do you know Tim Curry from? Kind of thing. Like, oh, I know them from Wing Commander. Right. What? Right. Yeah. He's in four too. Wow. So I had to look up the credits while I was there. But yeah, that's yeah. Holy crap.
1: Yeah, no. The cast is the cast is is actually, I mean, to call it star studded is a little high, maybe, but it's it's people who have gone on to have long careers in TV and film, and it's just it's funny to me that when I see them again, my tie to them is Wing Commander Three. I mean, of all things, you know. Right. Well, <laughs> and
0: it's in, it's at such a weird time because th- there was a short window where there was a lot of live action in games. Yes. And actors did not consider that like a lower rung role. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, this could very well be the future of movies for a long time. People thought that that, that movies were going to go away and games were going to be it. Right. Um, or at least something like that, like choose your own adventure movies or something. So I think there were people that were taking some risks on them or, you know, whatever. And, yeah it's 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 wild to see a lot of really, especially in the live actions because now then when things move to mostly voice acting, it was understandable that like guest star roles or popular voices or whatever. And mm-hmm. someone that's kind of almost coming back with the the advent of like the really good three d graphics technology where you can then make a character that looks like your character or you well, as an actor, but completely digital. And like
1: Keanu and Cyberpunk. Exactly,
0: Punk. Keanu and Cyberpunk comes to mind, and there was yeah. some stuff that had done, you know, like animation had done that for a while. Like Robin Williams as the genie looks kind of like Robin Williams, but
1: yeah,
0: you know, to see that coming back in in gaming is, I don't know, that's just it's interesting. Where I would have never have guessed that's how they would have blended. Like someday, three D animation is going to be so good that actors will portray themselves, but three D animated, <laughs> like.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, though, because as as much as that's true in gaming, I mean, like, a movie like The Avengers is basically a video game except for the actors. Right. Like, <laughs> like everything that they're doing is not really there. Such
0: quests, and yeah, and all of it's just green screen. Green right, screen with exactly. a couple of props. like
1: Right. Like, I, I remember seeing, it might have been on Joe Rogan, but but Robert Downey Jr., I I think that was the interview, but he was talking about, like, at first, he had to wear the Iron Man suit all the time, like when they first started the MCU. And eventually, he was like, Why do I need to be in this all of the time? And they were like, uh, we really I don't really like
0: seeing it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, can we just get some shots that we need? And then I can not wear this all the time. And you can just draw it back on because what are we doing? And it's like, Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Like, none of this. And to some extent, it's like, Maybe you should just digitize the whole thing. I don't know. Like honestly, I think that some, like the World of Warcraft movie, wow, not even an MMO episode. Anyway, <laughs> the World of Warcraft movie would be way better if it was all oh a
0: hundred percent. Like
1: it was, it would be so. Even if the plot and the dialogue and everything was identical, but there were just no actors, and whatever actors there were were just digitized. It would be better. That's the number one reason I didn't
0: see it. I was like, unless it says Blizzard Animation Studios, like, you want to, like, it's interesting to see uh, Riot, like, doing full force competing against Blizzard with, like, every game, right? (laughs) But I want to see Blizzard toe up against Disney Pixar. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to because, like, DreamWorks did that. DreamWorks was a video game studio for a while, and they became an animation studio. I want to see Blizzard Animation Studios do a movie that's like not in any other known universes, or just do an Overwatch movie. Like, that would be great. They've already basically done it; just stitch them together.
1: (laughs) And the reason it's even dumber in the Warcraft movie is, which I've not actually made it through the entirety of it. I've watched, I've started it, and then like fast forwarded, and, and so I've technically proceeded through the entire track
0: of the film (laughs) right
1: but you have not watched the whole movie it's it's unwatchable um but like all of the the vast majority of the orcs in the movie are all digital Mm -hmm. they're all just animation and it's like oh we're so close but then they have like this one like female orc that i think maybe is supposed to be part human that's probably a really obvious and shows that i didn't pay attention um (laughs) and it's just like this is just really stupid please it's world of warcraft Right. for the name of all that is good and decent please just allow it to be animated well they, anyway they have so.
0: animated like there there's an there is a quote unquote CGI movie of world of warcraft if you just watch all the cutscenes there's over an hour of them right of like a high quality animation cutscenes i yeah. don't care if it takes 10 years to make if the next Starcraft is just an hour and a half long movie, I, I, I made by Blizzard, yeah, then I'd be okay with it. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: with the director's cut being commentary by Winter,
0: yes, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, though, to go back to to Wing Commander, it's you know it, it, again, yeah, it's super interesting how far ahead of its time it really was with some of the the gameplay choices and stuff that it had in it, and it was just. I don't know, like, I had never played anything even kind of like that on a console at that time. I mean, oh, you got to figure, no. at this point in time in the console space, you know, for RPGs, you've got, like, the early Final Fantasies, uh, probably, I mean, maybe, like, something like Chrono Trigger or Secret of Mana was out by then, and I don't mean to diminish the stories of those games at all, but no. just simply, that, like, the cinematic, literal cinematic quality of these full motion videos in the Wing Commander games was just really surprising and honestly the for it being science fiction like it felt like I was playing a really good tv show you know what I mean and Mario as much as I love Mario doesn't feel like I'm playing a tv show it feels very much like a video game you know what I mean exclusively um so I don't know it was just kind of a mind-bending thing I was just really really surprised by it and this was an era again you know the internet was out but it wasn't today's internet and and I certainly was not scouring it for gaming news anyway. Um, but I remember going to like, you know, a Best Buy or somewhere similar to that where they sold PC games and seeing like the next wing commander. And I had no idea Mm -hmm. that that was coming out, but like wing commander four, I think is the the price of freedom. Um, super cool. Like loved it. And then played the, the one after that as well. Um, but, yeah, they're all really, really cool games. So I started enjoyed. I
0: started on Wing Commander two, mm. and yeah, so I mean we're talking so this is 1991. We're talking Capcom releasing Street Fighter for arcades, mm. uh, Sega releasing Sonic for the Sonic Genesis Genesis or Sega Genesis before it was built in, like packaged together, mm. uh, and Nintendo releasing Super Mario World and F0 with the SNES. Right. Like, and, and, and this is the same time where I've got a joystick plugged into my printer port and am flying against capital ships. Now, I mean, the graphics are not amazing by any stretch of the means, but it felt like I was in space in a fighter. Like, it felt like I was in... A, a frickin' X-Wing going up against the Death Star. Like, there's capital ships that you have to take the shields down first with small fire before you hit them with torpedoes because they're basically yep. invincible. Yep. Like, you've got a ship, like, the broadside with its classic three turrets, two, one on each side and one in the rear, that you can slide between. So that was the only time that you could fly one direction and kind of shoot another, was you got mm. these little, like, 60-degree turret mounts that you could take over and flip between positions on. Mm. Like... And a crazy cool story where there is, there's not as much, I'm not really sure that there's much in the way of choices that you can make, not a lot in Wing Commander 2. The only places that you can make really choices is like killing somebody or saving them when they eject from a ship. And there's a couple of, there's a story beat that goes a couple different ways there. But there's not a lot of the like actual choosing stuff, like there was in later versions. But yeah, I mean, it it's hard. It was hard to not be PC master race when like, yeah, Yoshi's cool and colorful and maybe like slightly higher res, but the breadth of the game, like I've got a full radar that I've got to watch. Cause in commander two, <laughs> you couldn't be out. So you could, there was no third person. It was all first person. So mm. I had to understand how the, the multiple circle radar and what meant above and below. Cause it, it wasn't a 3d line that showed it above. You had to know from the radius of the circles and like, learning how to fly a spaceship like my dad and right. my, my dad spent a lot of time like teaching me how to play and yeah oh so good yeah, that
1: that's awesome yeah i i um and honestly like it was the first time that i'd really been that shocked by a story outcome like when mm-hmm. hobbs craze you in the third one oh man it hurts i was just like what no way like yeah. Hobbs. Hobbs was like my number one wingman Mm because you could pick your wingman in in Wing Commander 3 at least. Um, I was basically, I was usually Vagabond and then once in a while I would do I would, or excuse me, I was usually Hobbs and once in a while I would do Vagabond. But that was basically my main two guys and then Hobbs totally flips on you and it's like, wow that's, that's tough. Like I, I thought we were good. Well, and you're good, like the second,
0: the whole second game is like Hobbs's redemption. It's like nobody trusts him. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, bring him in. Like he's cool, we're cool. And then like, so I had an even deeper connection. I was like, Hobbs is my boy, you know. Like, Angel dies on me, but Hobbs sticks around and like has your back. And then like, I mean, it to this day, my number one favorite starship of any universe is the TCS Concordia Two. Like, it is just for me. That was my X Wing. Like I right. think I played Wing Commander two before I saw Star Wars, mm. and it yeah it was just that was I mean I was seven, so well no seven or eight depending on when right. exactly we picked it up or whatever but yeah I mean like that was my formative years that was my that was my jam and oh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's
1: it's a it's a it's a it's a cool game, and and then I so then I transitioned from that to, um, Privateer Two. Oh
0: yes, <clears throat> getting to build your own custom ship, outfit it how you want, like.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really it was it felt like the even though they're not in the same you know gaming universe or whatever, it felt like, kind of the the sequel series, if you will. Yeah to Wing Commander. I don't know that that's true, and I don't know release years and I whatever, mean, they,
0: they were kind of tandem. They were right. kind of their own. They may have been in the same universe, but it definitely was like the Han Solo to the Luke Skywalker. Like, you're more of just a whoever, anybody existing out in the universe while this is going on, or like other side of the universe of the war or something, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Private Two 2 was um a game that I played... I might've even played more of that because it had a more open structure Mm -hmm. where you're not just like going back to the capital ship and taking the next mission kind of thing. Um, You could actually trade and like buy and sell goods and that kind of stuff. And
0: there was a whole, there was a whole functional economy for like where certain goods would be sold. And Mm -hmm. if like you blew up or pirated somebody, you could have contraband goods that you could get scanned for and all of the right. tropes that you'll see in modern day, like an Avorian or something, all yeah. were in Privateer Games. I think, I think at the time, I was frustrated with Privateer because there was a story, but I didn't know how to advance it because it was so uh-huh. sandboxy, right. and that kind of made me mad. Especially after I figured out how to like leverage the economy and figure out what trade route to run to to grind two dozen times to buy all the best everything. Mm-hmm. I remember having to, that again, kind of like sparking my interest in space and science, uh, there was a tachyon cannon. Mm. And I was like, are tachyons a real thing? And so like, we like had to go research at the library, like, right. what I, and, and that's still very early. And like, tachyons are like a theoretical particle or whatever, you know, so, but I, I'm not entirely certain on that. So don't quote me, but just kind of my interest in like astrophysics yeah. and space and science were all very closely tied to gaming like
1: right yeah i mean i don't I, I don't know and i've tried to rack my brain to think but i think that the wing commander and then subsequently the privateer games <clears throat> might have really been my introduction to science fiction because i certainly wasn't reading science fiction books at that right. age and again i i mean i'd seen star trek i guess not movies but like i'd seen the next generation tv show mm-hmm. But I wasn't like – I didn't watch it all the time. You know what I mean? Like it was just on sometimes at my dad's house and I would see it. But I didn't – I wasn't obsessed with it or anything like that. So I guess introduced to science fiction is probably really that. But first time I really got into it. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean there was some Next Generation at our house, but I was definitely more interested in like Wing Commander. I remember we got – this is not quite space simulation, but – a big reason why I read the Rama series by Arthur C. Clark is that there was a game in the style of mist. Um, that was Rama, like Rama two. And it was based off of the book series. And I think even had Arthur C. Clark came in and narrated mostly <laughs> if you died, it was like would narrate some odd little quip about something and like walk on screen. And I didn't really understand the game, but ended up reading the Rama series by Arthur C. Clark again at a very young age, but Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really spurred a lot of that on. So,
1: yeah. So something that's, that I've, I've had to, to painfully recognize, um, is that as a kid, I played wing commander and Privateer with a joystick, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then about a year ago, man, it is about two years ago. Now I bought a modern joystick mm-hmm that actually has like, you're probably more familiar with it than I am, but it actually has like whatever technology exists in like military helicopter joysticks, like Like dual access
0: controller or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's, so it's supposed to be all great. And, and I'm sure it is. Um, I am not intuitively good with a joystick. It turns out having not used one in 20 plus years, um I tried to play some Elite Dangerous with a joystick, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be so good!" And I just wrecked into the ship I was trying to dock at for a long time, which was <laughs> deeply dissatisfying. <laughs> but then I don't want to play with a mouse and keyboard. Like I want to play with the joystick because yep. that's much cooler. But I'm horrible.
0: <laughs> There's a I mean, you can't the viewers can't see it, but slightly off of screen, I've got a really nice Logitech. I don't remember if I got it for Christmas or if I bought it. I think I got it for Christmas. As I was like begging for one, Uh, because I wanted to use it for Kerbal because I saw these Mm. people making like not their spaceships, but like atmospheric planes and stuff doing some crazy stunts like through the VAB and whatnot. And I saw because I mean, I was keyboard and mouse and mostly jeb for getting into space. But I was like, man, to pull off these stunts, I need a real joystick to get that kind of control back. Also, same thing, not using one after 20 years. And probably, like, laptop in my lap, joystick on, like, a coffee table, like, just not the setup you want.
1: (laughs) Well, so that's the other problem. So when I was – I don't remember how I did it when I was a kid, but, like, so my desk, it's not comfortable for me to put it on the desk and use it. I want it in my lap. But – that's probably what I did as a kid. I was just small enough that I could actually fit it mm-hmm. on the chair, but now I I, I can't. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, but going in my on my legs doesn't work. No, so I really need like a hard surface. I actually Googled at one point. There is there are people that actually yeah. Here you go. You you could do this. You're so crafty. <laughs> but there are people that actually will custom make these chair attachments. That's like a swivel, so that you can swivel the. Basically, a stand in front of you, kind of like to, to make like a, a school desk on. kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. except instead of folding down like that, it, it swivels around from the side. But but it was like five hundred bucks or something because <laughs> it's some custom right. made thing out of Pride guys in Finland or somewhere. Um, I mean, not that they don't deserve that. I just I'm no, not yeah, that of yeah. an enthusiast. Um,
0: it's not good. Yeah. the desk is probably not what's making me suck with the controller.
1: <laughs> well, I, it, it's not. For, for me, I don't think that that's the problem. It's more that there's not a comfortable place to use it. Right. So it's yeah. also not compelling to practice a lot mm-hmm. because it just, none of it feels natural. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still have uh, delusions of grandeur that someday I'll go back to the joystick. And I mean, I reinstalled Elite Dangerous somewhat recently with those thoughts and then never plugged the joystick in. So
0: <laughs> I'll tell you one game that I ended up like i remember you almost had to have a joystick for was descent
1: mm, nice
0: and i remember it because that was the first time that i had translation controls where you could strafe up down left right back and forward ah. and but while also being able to turn around in 360 because you're kind of on like a moon or whatever so there's not only is there no gravity but there's like it's not like a normal space shooter where you're constantly flying forward. It's all it's, it's doom with no gravity in it. And Mm -hmm. so it's all corridors and mazes and weird rooms, but very much so bending that 3d mapping technology where, you know, if there's a hole above you, something will come down from it and attack you, even if you're looking down or left or right. So you needed the little joystick on the joystick, the hat controller And that would control all of your left, right, and up and down strafing while being able. So you could be doing moving forward while rotating your whole ship to the left while, you know, strafing up or whatever and doing these really kind of complex maneuvers very smoothly. And before twin stick controllers, you couldn't do that with a keyboard and mouse.
1: Right. Yeah, I – so – For me, with the joystick, the problem that I have is actually just that I'm not very good at controlling my arms um, because I constantly twist. Like whenever I go to do a maneuver, I also end up slightly twisting the stick, which then usually is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think my joysticks in the 90s had. No,
0: there was you could get them, but they were super expensive and wouldn't run on a lot of people like driver support is not high for those. (laughs)
1: Yeah, totally random. But that's. So, I actually called um I think it was Sierra that published those games. I don't which one uh, whatever, yeah, whoever made it i um I actually called their support number when I was like ten <laughs> because I couldn't get the mouse to work and because you had to load the game through dos
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I called their support and I was like, I don't know how to get the mouse to work in the game and I can't navigate the menus. And the guy actually showed me how to enable the mouse driver in DOS. He wow. was just like, Oh yeah, you just entered this command. Like and it like it's so crazy because it's such a different time because that guy probably really didn't and obviously he knew that command. So he probably was somewhat tech savvy and whatever. And, you know, that guy's answering the phone for some 10 year old kid now. If you tried to call like Blizzard to, yeah. I mean, you're not getting let You're me not let call VA plan. real
0: quick and uh, figure out why why I can't load into this. Yeah.
1: No. Right, right. They'll just ask you to use a different credit card. Like, or, no... or
0: reinstall Windows.
1: That's probably <laughs> yeah. the
0: issue. Go spend <laughs> yeah. fourteen hours doing other stuff that's not the issue. To,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Or yep. enter
0: a support case and we'll call you back. So, <laughs> ask I rem- know why your character is falling through the ground <laughs> there'll be a bug fix for that never <laughs>
1: right yeah well if you play on pc you can do the unofficial patch and then you true
0: can true and then you'll yeah. yeah you gotta call somebody on discord though
1: as we've learned <laughs>
0: that's how you get accurate tech support it's just
1: right but yeah so i remember when descent came out and was a big deal um i never owned it um i went over to a friend's house and saw it and I just didn't understand what I was looking at, really. Like, it was so confusing to me because it's 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 prior to there being really pretty graphics. And since it's a corridor game, right? they have to dedicate resources to drawing that. I mean, I think that's also, you know, I'd never really thought about it, but I think that's probably what helped Wing Commander and Privateer look as, as good as they did. Again, not that they're beautiful games, but for the time, because rendering space is pretty easy. Right. So you really just have to render the ship, so you can dedicate all the resources to that, which is why Homeworld looks like a game from twenty years ahead of its time oh, right.
0: because <laughs> <laughs> they have extra polygons to spare.
1: <laughs> right, right. But yeah, um, I, yeah. So I never really got into descent. There was a Descent Two as mm-hmm. well, I believe.
0: And then there was Descent Free Space, which was their more Wing Commander style game than ah. actual space shooter. With it, it touted. Real capital ships that, like, to destroy a capital ship, you had to, you could fly into the launch bay for the fighters and destroy fighters oh. like in the launch bay and destroy it from the inside and like destroy the engines separately. It it actually did feel like kind of an upgrade to a Wing Commander where the capital ships were even bigger and felt as big as they were, you know. And
1: it's surprising that it's a genre that actually hasn't really lived on. I mean, obviously there are modern games. You know, we have an episode on Euphoria. And, Um, you're currently playing dual universe, which is arguably inspired, but, but, you know, call of duty, mainstream big titles are not space Sims ever. You know what I mean? I would say
0: like the only one that really, there's two that come to mind and that's rogue squadron and star Fox, but even star Fox is one of those things that uh, another example of a title that Nintendo just loves to ignore like a flagship game that they will not give the appropriate attention like that and metroid and f zero like why Every, right. everyone will gobble it up if you just right. do it right you just have to do it kind of close to the way you've done it before and people will gobble it up
1: yeah so i didn't play Star Fox on super NES. i mean I, I had a friend that had it so i'd seen it but it was the same kind of thing where i was like I don't feel like they should be trying to do 3d on this hardware. You got I, mean, like I didn't say eight
0: it. polygons for your ship there.
1: Right. Like it's just a bunch of shapes. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't look good Some at glow, all.
0: The rest are gray.
1: Yeah. They're very flat
0: colors too. Very, very vibrant flat colors. No shading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, but so I played star Fox that star Fox 64 was actually the game that came with my Nintendo 64. Mm. So I actually never owned Mario 64. Gotcha. Um, so Star Fox was the game I played, and it's the only game that I've ever owned that I was legitimately the best at out of anyone I ever encountered. Now, I'm sure I wasn't actually the best Star Fox player or oh, something. Yeah. But in your local but, gaming circle. Right. Like, I played Goldeneye with my friends, and they would mop the floor with me. Like, <laughs> it was humiliating, right? But, but with Star Fox, um, because I actually just practiced the multiplayer a lot, because my dad and I would just go head-to-head... Constantly. And he beat me in like because it would be like rounds like best of five right. or something. He would win a round, but he literally never won a match the entire time we played, which was not our normal dynamic. Right. Um but I just I just loved it. I love Star Fox 64 so much. Now it's a very different game. It's not open world. It's it's not even even the levels are not open. You're I mean, there's a couple where you can
0: kinda go kinda anywhere. Go around
1: where you want. Yeah. Right. But generally, I mean you're on like a track. I mean it's like part runner, right? Right. Where it's constantly moving you forward. Um I yeah, I just I just was completely mesmerized by it. I liked the the characters, I liked the different the different ship types that you've got. got... (laughs) Yeah. Well and on sixty four they actually
0: had, Oh, that's right, they were voiced, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you have you have old Slippy and I, my dad would make comments about Slippy that are not appropriate for our (laughs) PG rated show, but it was, I would just die laughing when he would (laughs) comment on what it must be that Slippy is causing Slippy to talk that way. Um, (laughs) Very high pitched squealing noises coming from Slippy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just, I don't know. It was super cool. And like the, it's towards the end of the game. There's a couple of tough points where you face them, but there's, I think it's the second to last mission. There's, like, an alternate group of... Yeah, yeah, like Star like, Wolf and... Yes, it is Star Wolf. You're exactly right. than
0: then the others. Yeah, I don't Rooster know. Rooster guy does. that's not Falcon. And...
1: I, and I think there's one that's, like, a lizard like that's, like, more like a gecko Yeah. In, instead of a frog or whatever, right? um But, yeah, like, I thought that that was one of the, the coolest AI things I had seen. Like, even though, it, I mean, now I'm sure I wouldn't think it was that impressive, but back then it was, like oh, wow, like this is this other elite, you know, equivalent force. And like the – because that is one of the examples of it being open world where you're flying in circles around this map, similar to how the multiplayer played, mm-hmm. where you're just fighting each other. And, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was 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 super neat. Did you play Star Fox 64 at all?
0: Um, So a little bit. I, so my buddy that had uh, the 64 that we played most of the other games with, he had Star Fox 64. Um, I didn't. I've never played through the whole storyline, but you know, mm. we we would pass the controller back and forth playing through the the story. Some, and I've played the the multiplayer a little bit, but most of the people that I knew did not like the multiplayer of Star mm. and mostly because they didn't like the like turn around and loop to loop mechanics and stuff. You you kind of had to pay attention a lot more because oh. the the multiplayer is very open. There's not a lot of yeah. cover. There's not a lot of running. It's it's get lined up and shoot and dodge
1: yeah that's and that's why i enjoyed it so much because i was i was proficient at doing the like there's like a loop move where you you just loop and then go back the same direction you were but then there's another one where you can just reverse the direction entirely like 180 degrees there's the barrel rolls so you can deflect laser shots coming at you um but then you could also use the tank or you could use the little you could just be a little solo person right. that's just running around with like a rocket launcher thing um yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed the Star Fox multiplayer that in part might be because I was good at it. And so it's fun to do something that you're, you know, successful. Right. At.
0: I think I think that most around the time that Star Fox 64 was in my friend's group, I think most of my friends were playing 007. No, oh, I'm sure. And yeah. So it, it there would on nights when it was just like me and my buddy we would maybe like i'd be like hey i'm i'm tired of losing can we can we do something else well oh we'll play the single player missions of star fox um or donkey kong 64 cuz we were trying to get through that game
1: and... i actually never played donkey kong 64 right. i played donkey kong country of course right. on super nes but um but yeah with star fox it actually had like branching maps like a branching map where depending on how you finish the mission or if you met certain criteria you could go one way or another so there's like a like a hardest possible path and like a medium path and an easy path. And there's multiple points. It's not just like one Y or one fork in the road. There's multiple points where you can shift back and forth. Um, And so as such, there's also multiple endings and like, yeah, I actually unlocked everything. I beat every mission in every way possible and had the, you could get like a bronze, silver or gold star basically on each level. And I had gold stars on all of them. And S class, yeah, one Plus. of the few, one of the few times um yeah, really really enjoyed some some Star Fox Man. 64.
0: Yeah, I think I, I played more of the SNES version because later on when emulation was something that I definitely never did uh being an early 14-year-old with the internet who never owned a mm-hmm. Nintendo console. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but yeah, I I eventually played through the snes Star Fox, but i never played the
1: ah, 64 so i think that the yes that the 64 one is a basically a remake of the snes one like i don't think for it's the that most different.
0: part yeah for the most part is yeah. it's very updated and very sure new, but yeah
1: yeah the 64 one by contrast is actually a very pretty game i think it's a unlike the super nintendo Star Fox, which again is absolutely hideous <laughs> it is it's bad I'm trying to think of what other games kind of fall into that genre, but is there is there another is there something else that, that so you played from back?
0: It's tangential, but uh Microsoft Space Simulator. Maybe Microsoft simulator. No. It, maybe okay. it was Microsoft Space I wanna say there was an X in it, but it's not SpaceX like the company.
1: Um Oh yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, actually. Anyway.
0: But it um i guess i'm sorry i gotta pull it up now yeah microsoft space simulator Hmm. um there was there was only a few things that we used it for so this is 1994 wow um there was a few missions you could fly um one of them was like docking to like Skylab. And Mm -hmm. you had to actually, like, set your rotation so that you're rotating at the same speed it is, and you've got, like, docking cameras, and you've got to use your, like, RCS to, like, barely push yourself in and, like, dock and lock with it and stuff. There was a real-time star map, which was, like, nowadays you can get your phone out and, like, point it at the sky and it'll, if you have an app, you can see what stars and planets there are. Mm. But... At the time, you couldn't – I mean from there was no <laughs> – there were no mobile phones and right. barely any internet. Um, so being able to pull out basically like a – I don't know, like a planetarium type thing is what they had. And you could set it to any date and it would – you could go back in time. You could go forward in time. You could set it to specific dates or view it from a specific point on Earth. And hmm. it would show you what the night sky was and you could point all the stars and a lot of – you could – go to a lot of them now there wasn't like full planets around everything or anything but there were i remember there was i don't know maybe half a dozen to a dozen different ships you could fly and Mm -hmm. one of them had a solar sail um Mm. which was just like a big piece of mylar or whatever that stretched out super huge and you would eventually go faster and faster and faster but you could multiply the game speed up so i remember so many times like just Ten thousand Xing the game speed until I warped out of the Milky Way and just the whole universe became a dot because that was all it simulated. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, I mean there's there's some fond memories of that. We used it to like find out, hey, where's Mars tonight? Like, oh okay, well here's our house and this is what North is, and like learning you know, like about the same time I'm kinda in Boy Scouts, learning about carnal directions on the maps, I'm also learning you know, with a, a space simulator, what stars I can see in the sky. Um, so as far as, like, direct simulation games, like that, I mean, I, you know, we break further out into other games that we've talked about, like Kerbal. Um, but again, not quite in that, like, piloting.
1: Yeah, where you're where you're dogfighting. Mm-hmm. It's basically the game. You know, that that's the meat of the game is dogfighting. There's just not a lot of that. I mean, even EVE... You know, in the MMO space, is not, and there is dogfighting, but you're not piloting it in that same way. Right, you're yeah. like setting trajectories, and
0: did you play much Rogue Squadron?
1: There's so a new one that, of those
0: somewhat recently, isn't there?
1: Uh, there is a brand new Star Wars oh, okay. fighter sim game uh, that just came out. I actually do have access to it. I have not really touched it much, but from everything I've read, actually, everyone says it's legit. So is Rogue Squadron the '64 game where there's the famous mission where you wrap the cable around the giant walker uh, thing?
0: I don't. Maybe.
1: I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so, assuming that's true, yes, I did play it, but not. I didn't. I rented it, so I just played it over a weekend kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That, I, is I the,
0: that is the '64 like version.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool. That was that. It was a cool game, and it was. I. I was a little
0: disenfranchised because it's not – it was a lot of, like, ground support fighting. Yeah, it's not as much – it's it's a lot closer to a Red Baron than a space sim.
1: Yeah, well, like, there's a, there's a series of games called, like, Ace Combat, I think. <laughs> it's like a fighter pilot series of games. And I've played those a little bit, and it's – I'm not criticizing them at all. It's just because I grew up with, like, space environment where I, I can – I don't, there's no crashing, right? You know what yeah, I mean? There's like, no
0: falling into the ground and you're not right. going to stall your ship either. There's no, there's right. no stalling. There's no. Right. I, I kind
1: of, I don't know. I kind of always missed that aspect of it. Um, I'm trying to, so there was another game series that I did buy, but I didn't like it and I don't remember, Oh, it was because I had to play with keyboard and mouse. Actually, it didn't support <laughs> a flight stick wow. despite being a, And it was, but it was called free space. Did you ever play the free space game? So
0: I think that's, that's where descent free space comes from is I think it starts with this and maybe there, maybe that's the combination, but I feel like there's for some reason, all that pulled up as a bunch of X-Wing games. Yeah. That's descent free space and then free space two.
1: Okay. So free space two is the one that I played. Okay that's the one I played and maybe it would support a joystick, but it didn't support my joystick. Right. I don't remember. All I know is I, ha- I was forcing me to play with keyboard and mouse. And I was like, now nope, I'm out. And then that was the end of me dabbling with that. game.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess so X-Wing bring, like, versus TIE fighter is the more, the bigger, any of the other stars. I didn't play any of the star Wars. Nope. Flight games. Yeah.
1: No, nope. I think I played dark forces, which was like a shooter, um, like a, doom clone except star wars reskin but that's that that's the only star wars games from back then that i would have played um or jedi knights or i don't know anyway um well so to to kind of tie it to modern era because i don't know how familiar people are but so star citizen is a game that's been in development for a decade or something at this point but the reason that that game at least initially you know outside of its promises but the, the reason that a lot of people had a lot of faith in it um is because it's, it's the person at the helm is Chris Roberts, which is the guy who produced Wing Commander games and Privateer games. Yep. Um, I don't know what he did after that. I don't know if he was just out of the scene for a decade, but he I hadn't heard of anything from him. And then when he kind of showed back up, it was with this idea of star citizen. Right. Um,
0: and uh, all, enough clout theoretically that it made yeah. sense, but not logically because it's not like his name was on modern games that at least, that at least not coming up as a Chris Roberts game, like most of like your wing commanders and your privateers all introed with a wing, a Chris Roberts game.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, you know, I'm still, if, if somehow star citizen ever launches as a total game that I can buy somewhere um, for
0: less a, than $10,000.
1: Yeah. For the price that games cost. Um, I would probably be willing to try it out just because I do have that much nostalgia for it all. And they've promised a lot of really cool things. Mm -hmm. It's just such an ambitious undertaking. And I just really rarely trust anything that's very ambitious because it's it's really hard and it's really rare that it executes. You know what I mean? The tech and no man's sky, incredibly ambitious Mm -hmm. four years later. I think they've actually done a pretty good job of making a pretty compelling game. But at launch, it wasn't. Again,
0: I wish I wouldn't have touched it for four years. Right. If today was the first day that I was picking up No Man's Sky, probably be a pretty sweet game.
1: Probably blown away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I can't go into it without seeing all of the things that I was frustrated with.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just know what you know. Um, And then, you know, I think Elite Dangerous is another game that is, again, I've played very little of it, but it's a very popular game. But I say that it's popular enough that they've made additional content for it, and I think it still has a healthy player base. But it's not popular again in like Assassin's Creed or Call of right. Duty levels, you know. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's it's because it's too complicated, or I don't know. I, or like there's the X series that again I haven't really played. I own one of them on Good Old Games, but that those games though are kind of bethesda e and their lack of polish right so i think that holds them back
0: there's been a few um was was evocron mercenary
1: yeah yeah
0: wasn't that the game that you and i both spent like a total of 15 minutes with before we totally noped out
1: uh that is correct yes
0: (laughs) i don't even remember why it was so bad all i remember is even in an era where i would not return games I think I demanded a refund.
1: <laughs> like, I actually don't. I actually think that you went back and played it later because I think you spent maybe an hour with it at some point because I just didn't understand what you even do right. when I tried to play. But it, I think it was also early access when we got it. it maybe. Was like I, at, re- I do remember going back, access. like,
0: like, noping out, like we both noped out. And I was like, I'm yep. going to sit down and give it a weekend. Yep. But couldn't do that. I think, I think it was just all tutorials or something like that, where it was just like an hour in and I've still got a bad AI voice using windows, Microsoft, Sam, or whatever telling Mm -hmm. me. And now you need to alt control R to prepare the flares into the loading bay when you've got a missile on your tail. And then like, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something ridiculous that got me to, and this was before steam returns were like, Really much of a thing Mm -hmm. it had to like be not functional and i'm pretty sure i still shot for getting my refund on that one
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah that was one that i don't remember when we got that i mean that was probably close to a decade ago not quite but probably close Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's one of the thousand uh that doesn't get booted up or, or, or played ever um but so i mean you know obviously we've talked a little bit about dual universe and other episodes but How does, how, is there, are there times where when you're playing dual universe, you see the threads of these old space games? Or does it just feel like a totally separate experience outside of the fact that it's, you know, obviously in space and you're in a ship?
0: Man, it, the one thing that you only really, you only see, in my opinion, those threads in games like, um, not Evocron, but you had mentioned the other one.
1: That's really dangerous. dangerous.
0: That's the one that's like kind of an MMO, but also can be kind of solo depending on how you want to play. Like you can play. Yes. You know, of the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that one and, um, and star citizen are, is where you get that cockpit, like yeah. the real combat cockpit and, or at yeah. least stylized and in dual universe. And to somewhat of an extent, like space engineers, you can add some display panels to give you some of that information, and you can try to emulate it, and you can put voxels in a place that makes it look mostly there, but you will not get the detail of post-it notes and coffee stains, you know, mm, on, right. uh, or rusted elements and whatnot, or the really clean bits or whatever that you get in just a, a built fighter cockpit. Mm-hmm. And I think that, for me, is a huge part of it and like having a good radar not just a square screen that i have programmed a lewis script into that kind of works like right but something that's stylized and looks good and is is built to purpose and i i mean i haven't gotten into dogfighting in dual universe at all however it's much more in my opinion closer to something like like uh, an FTL or something it, only with real people because you oh, right. you've got like one person flying one person manning the radar different people manning different sets of guns cuz you can only do so much at a time as a single person and everything is a little bit more micro intensive on how it's used in that game so it's hard to dogfight as a single player you don't just have a trigger and you know a tab between your missiles and your your lasers or whatever um right I, I, I don't feel like any of the, the construction games have gotten close to emulating that feel yet, especially not in the voxel way. Um, right. There's progress. I think that honestly, I got more of that kind of nostalgia, even though it's not not really the same at all. But from Avorian, mm, I feel like yeah. I definitely felt more in the video game starship universe there because there just were more asteroids and derelict ships and aliens and you know having having a good alien race to fight and a rebel human race somewhere out there like just having different styles of ships i feel is is really important in a space sim game to me Mm -hmm. and i think You know, you don't get that with your voxel games yet. It's getting closer. I think Avorian is a testament to it can be done where custom ships can be made with with incredible amounts of voxels and a good voxel tool can be given. I feel like Dual Universe is still a ways off from good building tools. Amazing. People still do amazing things. People make amazing sandcastles, too, with water and dirt. So, right. I, you know, if there's an art medium, somebody will make a tie fighter out of it. <laughs> but <Right>. not me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. No, that's that yeah, that's fair. Um yeah, I I've not I've not come across anything that really gives me that feeling back again either. Um and and something like Star Fox, you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I don't think I would probably I don't know how much I would like a modern version of that with the the on rails yeah, I was kind of say
0: on rails star and, yeah and do it off rails you're almost defeating the purpose like
1: yeah well and it's it's also not in space largely right. most of most of starfox <laughs> there's a couple of things that are but a lot of it is planet-based so yep. um now that is cool when you basically play through the independence day scene right i don't know if you ever saw that that yeah. was cool um <laughs> yes yeah, so, uh, this is such a random thought and it it's it, it, it well i don't know how you'll respond to it, And I don't mean, I mean, I don't know what you could possibly say, so my bad I'm ahead of time. <laughs> I thought it was, one of the things that always stuck with me in Wing Commander 3, so Vagabond wore a helmet with a, a darkened visor. Okay. He would have it down. So when he would come in on the comms, you would see him, like, looking around, and, like, it's just this, you couldn't see his face. It's just this helmet with, a, with a, the visor on it. And I always thought that looked so, so cool. And I don't, I don't know why, but it just, I don't know. I just thought he looked like the coolest. Well, then when I was like 20, I got a, a motorcycle and like a Suzuki Katana. So it's like a crotch rocket. So I leaned over it or whatever. And I had of course a, a helmet and I got a mirrored visor. So you can't see in it at right. all. It's dark. And I totally, anytime I was at a stoplight would just be in the mirror, in the side mirror of the motorcycle like looking around, pretending like I was vagabond or whatever, like <laughs> totally recreating that again. It, that doesn't go anywhere, but I yeah, I I just those games really just had a huge um, a huge significance to me. Well,
0: you know? I mean, yeah, like I mentioned how formulaic they were in the things I wanted to study at the library and the books right. I wanted to read. Like I didn't want to read Boxcar Kids in junior high or even like pre junior high or whatever. Uh, I wanted to read adult, not just adult, but like one of the grandfathers of science fiction. That's what I wanted to read. I wanted to read Arthur Clark. I wanted to read Heinlein. You know, like I wanted to read the guys that invented half of the words that scientists now use and like came up with the concepts for cell phones and teleporters and all of the modern tropes. Like, that's what I wanted to read. That's why I I wanted to learn what if tachyons were a real thing so that maybe I could make a tachyon gun someday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I was always bewildered by people who had potato guns. Like, how does it work again? Oh, Lord,
0: I, I didn't know that those were a thing until I was like already out of high school and wasn't Hardly really old to
1: be acceptable <laughs> yeah,
0: like i was invited to those kinds of parties and now i could be charged with serious crimes if i got caught with using one
1: <laughs> right right
0: but i always had high hopes for lasers and plasma rifles you know so
1: yeah i know i thought laser tag was really going to take us in a different direction oh yeah it it i it never went anywhere well, it just stayed the same which i don't really care for it
0: i mean it, that's a whole other tangent i have a whole huge tangent about like my dream laser tag arena and ah. how i'm gonna make a business out of it That yeah that just goes there was a thing <laughs> i wanted to do at a time and it was gonna be cool it would have been awesome it was. It been but awesome. hey you
1: know what we started a podcast instead yeah so. hey it's still it's awesome fun.
0: i'm still happy with it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying i mean it's i think that while and it, it could also just be some of the nostalgia goggles i think that there's probably some – there are probably people out there who are experiencing games or, or computer gaming or PC gaming or just video games from a new perspective. And, like, if I was 8 or 12 and No Man's Sky was the thing that, you know, oh my, my dad brought home, like – Are you kidding? That could make me want to be a zoologist or like a microbiologist or an astrophysicist. Like if if my dad brought home Kerbal and Right. I mean, I I would want to learn about actual orbital I mean, I already did want to learn about actual urban mechanics, but I may learn it at an age where that could take me to college. And you know, I think that that there is until there is such a time at which space travel is so mundane that it's boring. I think there will be an exciting element to space games and space simulations. And I think that while there may not be the dogfighting of Wing Commander, the exploration of No Man's Sky is gotta be bar none. Like, that'll be a thing that we may be like, when's there going to be something else like that? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like I really need to give elite dangerous more time because like, there's a group of people, I mean, this is years ago, so I don't even know if it still exists, but there was a a large group of people on the internet that had come together and they were just an exploration society. Mm -hmm. Like they just went around and explored elite dangerous because there's so much stuff to, to go find or whatever. Um, and that like that's super cool, but yeah, you're you're right. I, I I think about that more often than I should. But like, man, what if what if Halo Three was the first video game you ever played? Like, right? You know, like what if?
0: <laughs> Good lord! I it is. It's hard to think about. It's hard to think like. Yeah. If if Halo Three is your Mario, like yeah, right, exactly. I mean, or just Minecraft is your Mario, because that's you know, I mean, Halo Three is probably a little bit mature for you know, yeah, you know, if right. I had the same parents that I had, then not when I was right. not when I was eight, maybe when I was fifteen, but yeah, yeah, only if there was a blood sitting that could be turned off, like
1: <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, I just can't. I mean, or or even like games that I'm not even that. That in but like Call of Duty Four, like the first Modern Warfare from two thousand seven. If that's the first online shooter experience you had, that's my nephew. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Not that it's not that I know that it's the first, but I mean, I think the first actually. I think I mean he was born in two thousand, so right. I mean, Halo was his first multiplayer, and Call of Duty was the household name. Like that's what he would get yelled at to do his homework before playing. Right. So. (sighs) Yeah. But I I feel like in the realm of space sims, I think there's a lot still to be done. And I think that space sim is almost too big of a category. And it gets broken down into pieces of, I think, sci-fi sim might be better. And there's still a lot to explore there from games that do just alien microbiology, you know, is still kind of in that sci-fi sim Uh, Mm -hmm. versus, you know, just flying in space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see another, you know, and multiplayer is obviously the draw now for everything for, for so long, but I would love to see a single player space game in the vein of the wing commanders where I'm, I'm doing missions and I'm going out dogfighting and that's it. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not exploring. I'm not landing on the planet. I'm not, none of that. I'm just, I'm just, Again, you're the same track. way. That,
0: it, it's hot yeah, gun in space, right? It's yeah. really what Wing Commander was.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I even before playing Wing Commander, though, I, I, I've always loved, um, you know, planes and stuff like that. Anyway, and I, I, as a little kid, more than anything, I thought I was wanted to be a fighter pilot. Like I was like, oh my god, that would be the coolest single thing that could possibly be. It turns out that by seven years old, I had horrible vision Mm -hmm. which is immediately a disqualifier even if i had corrective surgery and had perfect vision i'm also six foot five also disqualified (laughs) cockpits are not made for people who are six foot five cars
0: aren't made for people that are six homes
1: businesses countertops (laughs) Uh, there's a variety of things that are not made for people i i'm so lucky that it stopped there i mean when i was six five as a kid because I wanted to play basketball, I thought I wanted to be six eight or six right. nine, right? But it turns out that I'm not actually that good at basketball or that into it, so I probably wouldn't have made a career out of that. And it would suck more to be any taller than I am, right? Because like, it is true the world is not is not designed for that. So, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, to tie it back with what you're saying, I, I think that they are they are are games that still can. Um, have the potential or it's a genre and like you said it's kind of too broad really as a genre. But it, it's something that can inspire awe and um I, I agree with you that there's probably a lot of different ways it could go. And I hope we see developers go back to it. And obviously, you know, the demand has to be there. So right. games like Elite Dangerous and dual universe have to sell. Um but if we can get there, I think it could be I think it could be really cool.
0: So this is really close to It's so it's not it's not dog fighting, but close to the same genre and something that I would like to see applied to this genre. I'll explain this. I'll unpack this. There is a game that is I think it's currently early access. I refuse to touch it until it's done. There are several other games called like in the same vein, but it's like mech mechanic where and there's like the different mechanic style games where you take something apart to its like individual components, and this is touting itself as like. You've got a mecha suit that you can take all of the individual screws out of and like, mm-hmm. and it's a life-size giant robot that you're going in to fix engine problems on or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like a game that was in that vein where you could be the Chewie Han Solo of the Millennium Falcon and having to go in and reroute some wires and take an, Because I think that's a lot of the allure of the voxel games, at least for me, is kind of building and planning out where all the systems are and kind of imagining that like, oh, well, some of these blocks are pipes and they route this stuff to the engine, even though it's all unnecessary and the engine is just a block, you know, like, yeah, but having that stuff in there, being able to really just play with some of that, I think would be really fun. And I would play like Wing Commander Mechanic just to be able to take apart like a broadsword or a rapier down to its individual components and like lay it all out. Ah, oh, that would be amazing. Hmm. I'd take that over. I mean, like I, I think that a dog fighting game would be awesome, but I don't know. I think I want to be more into that type of game that I would be.
1: You know, I actually just realized after you explained that, that, the Star Wars game that just came out, that I, I'm i just going to have to look and see what it was called. But whatever that game is, um, it it actually is just exactly what I said I wish would be there. Uh, it's Star Wars Squadrons. It does just have a single-player campaign, and you do just go dogfight in it. And run missions. Yeah, and then it does have multiplayer, which I'm sure is the bigger pull Probably. of it. Uh, Winter actually has videos of him playing. Okay. I don't know if you've seen, seen those, but there's some credibility for it. I've, I've
0: heard that. Well, I've heard several people say that it's a decent. Like, I knew it was so you, out and people, there was buzz about it. Like, And then it wasn't so, just this game is garbage buzz. So
1: I think that it will be added to the Xbox Games PC Pass soon. Hey.
0: Because
1: EA is adding their catalog to that. The only way point. that I'll
0: touch an EA game is when yeah. they're already making their money for it and there's no. They're not right. getting money if I subscribe. In fact, I may be taking some from them in some way, some small way.
1: Right. Yeah. I was curious if you would, if you would abandon it once that happened, but it I still like won't buy no.
0: them, but it's like, it's like, no, I thought you might abandon it's like, the past. it's like legal pirating, like, <laughs> which is just like, how can I say no to that?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I can't, I, I know I've gone on about it on multiple episodes, but I just still, I am still floored. By the distribution systems that we're seeing for gaming now, uh, distribution isn't the right word.
0: The Netflix uh, of games is happening. Yes,
1: yes. Which I, is I
0: it, it? Almost seems financially unstable, or at least unlike unlikely that that's a good option. But until people screw it up and lose a bunch of money doing it, like that's that's what I mean. Is like I, I don't encourage pirating. I, I'm way against that. But I any way that I can like. I can't get back at EA and I don't really want them to be destroyed or anything, but if I could like, like, you know, shake them by the cuffs of their shirts and get them to let go of Command and Conqueror and Commander Keen and a few other of my favorite commanders, then.
1: (laughs) I think what we need to do is, is begin petitioning EA to come on the podcast and see if they can, if we can get them to apologize for Westwood. And then. (laughs) And then we can finally put all this to rest, you know. Just apologize for Westwood. End Maxis. Okay. okay. We're not we're not going to get Bioware out of them, so we gotta we gotta leave something on the table. We can't compromise. It's a compromise. No, it's not. But I yeah, But I think we can get Westwood, and we can work on Maxis. But I'll I'll get that email typed. Out.
0: I'll hold you to that one. Yeah. No, but I but I mean like. I don't see it as financially tenable. Actually, it's Microsoft that loses that scenario, really, is that they're probably having to pay out the nose to get these games. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what the... Of course, right. You know, ...where the their financial status is, is going to... And, and how long before it's 20 to $40 a month. Uh,
1: when, I don't know. I mean, that, the same thing was true of music. No yeah. one ever thought that Napster would become the way that music was consumed mm-hmm. exclusively. I don't know the the last time I bought an album was when my favorite band released an album and I bought the collector's edition physical copy of it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. No,
0: it's fair. I mean,
1: otherwise, movies and
0: TV shows are going in the same way, you know? And so to see games go there is, I don't know. It, it could be a good thing. I mean, it's good for the players. It's the, it's one of the first times where it's good for the players. Yeah. is right about the rise of people talking about the $70, $80 base value game. Yeah. At the very same time that that's happening, we have game passes and, and for multiple platforms coming out. And yeah, I mean, that's... Those run in direct conflict with each other. And I think people are going to be much more willing to hold on to their $80 or $120 for a game if three months later, it's available to stream. I mean, that's what I do with most movies. I right. most movies I don't watch in theaters, even if I'm paying the same amount of money to watch them at home at my own TV where the chair is comfortable. There's no screaming children and the popcorn is cheap and, right. and better because I like to season my popcorn. So
1: they've got some pretty fancy popcorn options now at the theater. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I cook it. in
0: de- ghee and duck fat.
1: Okay, well, I don't. It's probably not that. But there's, <laughs> there's a it there's be like a, sixteen dollars
0: for a bucket of popcorn. Better be ghee <laughs> and duck fat.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, anyway, yeah. Any other space games that that we haven't touched on that you wanted to? I mean, obviously, we've kind of talked about some of the newer ones, but the older ones was kind of the emphasis. But anything yeah, else? I mean,
0: I feel like. There have to be so many more that I'm Oh, missing.
1: I'm sure anyone that's listening is like,
0: what about this? Right. Right. I mean.
1: And what I would say to that person is I invite you to email us or tweet at us or Facebook us. Join the Discord. Right. And then we'll talk about it some other time.
0: Yeah. Or you can uh, buy us a coffee because we are now officially on Ko-Fi. there you go yeah so So here's
1: the question i have is it ko-fi or is it coffee coffee? because it looks like that i mean it looks like ko-fi but it's but it's coffee coffee coffee. and the whole whole idea is that you buy someone a coffee yeah
0: so anyway you
1: should have had more apps (laughs) then we would get it
0: we're trying to shill walker oh oh (laughs) we're on coffee slash ko-fi Uh, slash fi slash P-U-Y-S pod. And so if you'd like to buy us a coffee there and support the podcast, throw us a message, we'll read it on air for you or buy us a whole bunch of coffees if you uh, feel like you've got a whole bunch of enjoyment or none. You don't have to. We're not uh, demanding it. But uh, if you you don't want to hear Walker talk about his favorite brand of bleach, then you got to do it. Which I will totally do.
1: (laughs) No shame at all. We'll advertise just about anything. He will
0: read every ad because I won't. So (laughs)
1: hundred percent. Yeah. I'll, and I'll love every minute of it. I'll love every minute of it because I won't be able to hear me reading the ad. I'll be hearing coins bouncing, Mm -hmm. which we can avoid with cups of coffee. That's right. So, so that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion or share your thoughts. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help us keep growing the audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links are available in the show notes. And as Brett was just talking about at the end of the episode, we also have the link there for that, that Ko-Fi or kofi, fi uh, so you can get out and support us that way as well. If you want any more of my insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found.